Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Matrix Breakers. Um, we're going to get into a lot of different topics today. Um, as you can see, uh, if you're looking at the Facebook, I've kind of got a couple questions and really revolving around the topic of this. And so this is how I will start, which is imagine the Super Bowl for humanity is happening, uh, but it wasn't on TV. Think about that. So we're looking at what is really going on in the world and it's nowhere in the news, okay? It's nowhere really on mainstream media. It's nowhere on mainstream entertainment. It's actually found sort of on the dark web, if you will, uh, but really it's just a bunch of people who are dedicated to just researching and following different organizations that have been um, known to tell the truth and to actually follow that data in terms of where it leads, not necessarily be so opinion oriented on everything, but actually knowing the facts and knowing what's really going on. Because isn't that what you really want to do? You really want to know what's actually happening in the world. And so that's the idea that uh, I want to instill in all of you today is to think about the Super Bowl, okay? We always have this sort of uh, memorabilia around the Super Bowl. And oh, I remember, you know, I remember when, you know, uh, Tom Brady won his fifth ring and it was so great. I mean, there, you know, America uh, and, and really the world were so very much fixated on sports overall, but I would say America is really fixated on the Super Bowl and really the NFL. And so I want you to imagine how important, how deep the Super Bowl is to a lot of different people. The Super Bowl is an incredible, fantastical event that is sort of the coordinated event that puts together everything um, that I'm just getting the camera readjusted on the uh, the, the uh, webcam there. But the Super Bowl is probably the most important thing ever to uh, the majority of Americans, right? And when you think about it, it's it's really not that it's really not all that important. When when you look at it in in, a, in retrospect, yes, does it pay a lot of bills? Does it do a lot of positive things for a lot of people? Absolutely. And so I want you to think about the magnitude of a Super Bowl. So everybody's watching the Super Bowl. When it happens, everybody's tuned into it, and it's the most important thing ever. Uh, and that's also probably true about some big fights that could be happening. Massive, you know, UFC put together, you know, whether it's Floyd Mayweather and, and uh, Logan Paul, that's going to happen later, and everyone seems to be fixated on that. You know, it's, it's amazing where our culture is driven. And so I say that the Super Bowl for humanity. So instead of Super Bowl for, you know, which NFL team is going to, you know, go and be glad-handed around the country, uh, but actually the Super Bowl of events, which is what's happening in the world right now, where there are lockdowns for a virus that has a extremely high survival rate, and by the way, millions of people have already survived COVID. So even the numbers they say that are infected, you know, it's obviously there are people who, you know, millions, the majority, the super majority of the people that are infected are actually recovered. Um, so it's just, it's just, so we live in a world where a virus has taken over. We live in the matrix. I mean, if I explain this to somebody who has no clue, who've lived on a farm forever and they have no internet and they have no cable TV and they have nothing, they just, that's all they do. Imagine explaining the world today and to somebody who is just randomly coming into town to go to the grocery store. You know, just think about it like that. And it's funny because people would think, oh, we're not, a, you know, that's it's conspiracy thinking that we would, you know, be under some sort of martial law type of scenario where a virus is outbreak and, uh, you know, we have to all be careful. We have to live our lives completely differently and all normal life is completely shut down for the purpose of this virus for an uh, unexpected period of time. So there's no, you know, there's no hardcore, you know, hey, we'll be done, you know, we'll, we'll do this till December, we'll do this till, it's never really like that. It's, it's kind of a fake thing. They just continue to push it on and on and on. And so if you were to explain that to somebody uh, who was, again, like I said, living on a farm, has no cable TV and has no internet, and you had to be like, oh yeah, by the way, you have to wear a mask at the store because, oh yeah, it's this thing going on. It's kind of, it's just, it, if you start going down that rabbit hole, you'll start to realize, holy shit, you're literally living in a conspiracy theory. It's like, oh yeah, and they, uh, you know those election things we used to have? Yeah, they totally just stole an election uh, on a mass scale. They just, 
you know, we have one political party versus another, but, you know, one political party, in many cases, both of them have, but one in particular has completely sold out to China and is completely funded by communists and is run by, you know, globalist think tanks and big banks. And they they sort of probe the, the American people to say that they're sort of for the average person when literally nothing about their policies is about the average person. And, uh, oh yeah, by the way, so they were so unpopular that they rigged the software and the machines that you actually vote on. Uh, and they bought a, they, they brought them in and they paid hundreds of millions of dollars to bring in these different, you know, companies that came in to, you know, count the election, the ballots. Oh, and uh, yeah, they, they ended up rigging it with uh, fractional, literally fractional uh, sort of percentage points that created the ballot count, right? Uh, which is incredible. So imagine explaining this to somebody and you're like, oh yeah, and by the way, so now with the results of that election, we'll actually end up becoming um, the results for the whole planet because it's a shift for where the planet is actually going in terms of are we moving into a more populist regime change sort of uh, scenario where, you know, there's a lot of positivity and we go to space and we do incredible things or are we going down a rabbit hole of tyranny using covid with stolen elections, which this won't be the first, by the way. Of course, they're going to continue doing that forever. Uh, and like they do in Venezuela, this is not a made-up conspiracy theory. Okay, President Xi in China is president for life, just so you just so you know. That's how communists work. They get power, and then they give all their power, and they delegate it to a select group of people, and they run the whole country. And, they, and, and, and that's how it works. And so what's happening now in our country is the same thing. That happens in third world countries that have, in very many cases, you have the majority of people who don't have, they don't have running water. And in many cases, they don't have no technology. And God forbid, they don't have a job and they live in poverty. And so that's where we're at in this country. We're locking down every small business. We're shutting down the entire economy, which when you think of economy, a lot of people kind of snap back and they're like, money's not as important as life. You know, and it's just this kind of response that has been irate in their head. It's like, whoa, calm down. You do realize the economy is your life. The economy, the economy, the whole everything, everything around us, whether it's social media or the book you bought or it's the water you drink today or it's the toilet you flushed or whatever. That is the economy. The toilet you flushed has a plumber that comes and services it. There's a water, you know, system that in some cases, you know, depending on where you live, that's a private company who runs your water, okay? There's a private company that runs your gas. In many cases, there's a private company that runs your electricity, and that's all the economy. That's called the economy. That's called life. That's called everything that we that we live in, okay? So, you know, when when one or two things start to trickle in a backwards cycle, you know, you don't end up having a very positive output. And, you know, at the end of the day, living in this dystopian world, it's about to get more dystopian. So, you know, uh, say what you want about Trump, but at least Trump was somebody who was in some ways stopping, halting, slowing down the progress of what you would call uh, really a global run system that is run from the top down, okay, run out of Switzerland and different big banks and the Davos group and Davos, Switzerland, and you have the, the, the World Economic Forum and, and these different sort of international organizations that would essentially develop policy, which they've already done in many cases in Council on Foreign Relations and others, where they develop policy for the whole world. They develop policy through the United Nations. They implement that policy through the United Nations. And if you don't believe me, look at COVID-19. Remember, the WHO, the World Health Organization, which is tied into to the United Nations, that was running our country, okay? That was actually running the world. It is running the world. What they say is the truth about COVID-19. Everything else is false or fiction or misinformation, as they would say. And it became the source of censorship beyond your imagination. So you have this mass censorship. You have this complete debacle of a health crisis which the health the true health crisis as we've already spoken about has been really the health crisis of diabetes the health crisis of cardiovascular disease you know where you have people who have heart illnesses which is the number one case of uh, death death in uh, America is cardiovascular disease so we do have a health crisis in this country and it is nowhere near a viral infection it is actually um, you know, heart disease and diabetes, obesity, 
um, arthritis, Alzheimer's. These are degenerative diseases. And in many cases, these degenerative diseases can be reversed or completely avoided through, you know, great supplementation, taking care of your body, doing some yoga, perhaps energy work. I mean, there's literally probably a couple uh, million different methods of healing that are that are alternative uh, to what you see in mainstream medical science as the sort of uh, accepted role and accepted uh, way of life, if you will, from all healing modalities comes from one source. Really, really incredible. So at the end of the day, we live in this world. And if you were to explain it to somebody, you would sound like a conspiracy theorist, but we are living in that world right now. So you'd sound like a conspiracy theorist when you're literally saying, hey, this is the world. We live with a virus. We have this election. That's all kabuki theater. And you have the media who just straight up lies about everything. Or they just create a false reality. I mean, literally, they build a matrix. And you're living. You're either living in it, um, or you're a part of it, uh, or you're you're not a part of it. And, and in many cases, a lot of people who are not a part of that system of thinking, you feel lonely, you feel like you're an outcast, and you feel like you're different. But I think what's happening now is that the realignment, if you will, has opened the door for uh, many, many, many thousands of people all around the world, by the way, who understand what's going on, who see what's going on, and who are taking action in the direction that is positive that can help their situation. And I say that, for example, as uh, COVID breaks out and does all this, well, it doesn't really break out. It's, it's just a whole hoax, really. Not the, not the virus itself, but really just the whole the pandemic itself. And uh, if you haven't noticed, Europe, okay, and in places in Asia that are more populist, like India, uh, you have places like in Australia now, where uh, people are fighting back from this tyranny. And I think Californians and New Yorkers are starting to get the picture. Um, really, they're the ones who are under the most tyranny right now when it comes to the United States. So, you know, when you see these people out here, you know, rioting, not rioting really, but protesting and actually protesting, not breaking into businesses and stuff, because in many cases, those are their businesses. So they're not going to go break their own businesses, but they're not allowed to open and they're not allowed to exist. And it's just incredible to me that people don't understand how an economy even works or what an economy is. You know, just like this election and so many other things that just are become a topics of conversation in regular people's circles, no one knows what they're talking about. I mean, people have no clue in on in most cases, they have no idea what they're talking about. So you have two people talking and having a conversation over a topic they have no idea what they're talking about. It's like having two people talk about hockey who never watch it. They don't watch it ever, okay? And it's just incredible. And so we can't have this level of uh, intellectual laziness plaguing our society. It's just unbelievable. And so we have to break the will of the intellectual laziness and, and that side of people. So look, um, things are accelerating. Things are getting crazier. Uh, and now for those of you who have been rewarded who have been listening in this far along, I'm actually going to go over some of the information when it comes to this um, this election. Okay, um, look, there are it's a war. Okay, and when you're at a war, you have to realize that there are many battlefronts. You know, in World War II, you know there was the Eastern Front, which was really the Soviet Union fighting against Hitler. And so there was a part of Hitler's army that was obviously divided and they were fighting in Russia, right? Or on the Russian border in Poland and later in Germany. Of course, the Russian Soviets came and took over from the east and then took over Berlin from the east side as well. Um, you also have, of course, the Western Front, uh, which is a multitude of different things from Italy to North Africa uh, to France. And so... Uh, th this is an incredible thing. And so in war, you have multiple battlefronts and you have to know what's going on in these multiple different battlefronts. And that's exactly what's happening in this election. You have bombs, if you will, uh, metaphorically speaking, going off in all these different states where a coordinated effort was, was put in to essentially take the election in those swing states. It's very sophisticated. It had to be the swing states because... Well, obviously, they're not going to go and try to sort of steal Texas, if you will, even though that was attempted. Uh, you have to do it more sophisticatedly. And, you know, people need to start looking at this steal. I mean, you're missing out on this whole thing if you're – whether whatever side of the issue you're on, this is 
incredible information that's coming out about our election system. And if you're paying close attention, you're realizing that we haven't been able to pick our elected leaders for a very long time. And uh, it's really an incredible thing. And so when you think about it, what, what happened to us on, uh, in, in, we're, I'm talking to you on December 7th, mind you, which is the uh, holiday, well, the holiday, but it's a, it's a national uh, Memorial Day for Pearl Harbor, where we had a surprise attack in Hawaii, where uh, the Japanese basically started World War II uh, for America. Uh, and so we weren't in the war yet at that time. And so that essentially initiated our involvement in the war. Well, the election day, if you will, was sort of a military-style surprise attack on the infrastructure of the United States of America. And uh, this sort of infrastructure we're talking about is the election system itself. And um, if we don't elect our people in office, then who elects them? Who is choosing the victors in these rigged systems? And these are real questions that every single American should be asking themselves, not just sort of throwing off every scenario as a total conspiracy hoax and then leaving it all alone and not really addressing the situation. Because there is a situation going on. And so as I mentioned, we're at war electorally, if you, if you want to look at it like that. Uh, but I would say, really, this has been treason on the country because you're literally screwing around with the very method in which people practice their First Amendment right, which is, uh, you know, their freedom of expression, if you will, in terms of their vote. And so when you violate these kinds of rights openly in a republic, we're not a democracy, we're a republic, when you do that, you know, you're really kind of uh, attacking the very core of our value system in the country. And so a lot of people feel obviously uh, disheartened by this entire situation. So in retrospect, I can give you an idea of what this is going to look like. In Pennsylvania right now, I'm reading from a document that, that pretty much summarizes everything. It's really a well-put-out document. If, I, if you want the document, I can send it to you. It's just a big picture, actually, and you can have to like zoom in to figure it all out. Um, we've got in Pennsylvania, you've got legislatively speaking, because the legislator in each state select the president, the electors for the president of the United States. And in the legislative part of Pennsylvania, you don't have a lot of backbone in these Republican state legislator, uh, legislators. So you, what they did was essentially punted the football uh, by basically saying that 76 legislators in Pennsylvania have sent a letter to Congress basically telling Congress, please do not accept our electoral college vote uh, when you vote on that on January 6th. So these are important dates to understand where on January 6th, it's actually Congress who accepts the presidential electors and then elects the president through Congress. And so that's the actual system in, in which that happens. And so just so you know, well, the legislator in Pennsylvania has shown to be not all of them, you know, because I've saw I've saw, you know, one of them in particular was super significant. Um, but they have they have shown that they have no backbone whatsoever. But the judiciary aspect of Pennsylvania. So we have legislative options, which are to get the legislator to do something about this whole election fraud. And then we have the judiciary, which the judiciary is dealing with the courts. And right now you have the uh, tomorrow, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you have the Supreme Court. You have the Supreme Court case being presented, and uh, it's going to be a very interesting situation tomorrow because that's happening on behalf of Pennsylvania. Okay, we're suing there because essentially, you know, it's a, it's a violation of the president's rights uh, when you violate, you know, different aspects, whether it's mail-in voting, make changing rules, you know, last minute that weren't through the legislative part of the body of Pennsylvania, yada, yada, yada. This is all the jargon that's going on. And so basically we have a big case in the Supreme Court for Pennsylvania happening tomorrow. So take a peek at what's going on there. That's Pennsylvania, really the only, the only option here in Pennsylvania. And the ruling uh, in Pennsylvania, on Pennsylvania from the Supreme Court might actually... Uh, be sort of um, superseded into different states, okay? And this is what's happening in terms of tomorrow, okay? Now, uh, in Georgia, uh, what's happening there is we have a governor who's 
basically essentially punted as well and said he's not going to call for a legislative session. We have uh, legislators who are there. The legislative option has been to basically call a session in their state capital to discuss and really have a true hearing openly because uh, there was already one hearing, but have an open hearing, a public hearing on the ele- the election fraud and basically to really get to the bottom of you know what they're going to do because they can't necessarily send electors to Congress for the president of the United States if their entire election system is proven to be compromised. And so that's what's happening legislatively right now. And then judiciary through Georgia, we basically have um, Lynn Wood. We have Sidney Powell. Uh, these are two attorneys that were associated with the Trump campaign. Um, but, you know, they've had their own, essentially their own route to the Supreme Court. And that's what they're doing now. They're had, they had their case today. And, of course, as we know, it was dismissed uh, because that's what lower courts do. You know, lower courts and these lower judges – they're not going to put their life on the line to rule on this extremely uh, controversial issue. Although it may be right that they rule in a certain way, they're not going to rule at all because they're just scared. So they're like, oh, this is all BS. So they dismiss. When, when they dismiss the case, obviously you appeal it and it goes to a higher court. And that's how you get to the Supreme Court if you're doing it through the federal court system. So what's happening in Georgia is basically they're going to obviously appeal and basically say this judge is, you know, corrupt and we have to go to a higher court. So that's what's going to happen in Georgia. Hopefully something else happens out of that. Uh, The Trump campaign has not had their day in court in Georgia. So so this is why it's very confusing is a lot of people have no idea what's really going on. Again, like I said, it's the Super Bowl for humanity. But no one knows what's going on and no one knows where to get their information and no one knows how to do it. So I'm telling you right now what's going on. I'm, I'm just telling you right now what's happening. So that's what's happening in Georgia. You have, you have the legislative option, which is for them to have a hearing and for them to investigate themselves and choose their electors based on what they discover, which is a Trump victory. Uh, because we all know that Trump won Georgia because it's embarrassing and frankly, it's just a... It's, it's an argument that you don't want to have to try to say that Georgia went towards Biden. It's just a joke. Um, now, Michigan, on that on the flip side of that, Michigan, we have uh, really just a corrupt system there. I think we have cowards as well in the legislative part of that. Um, doesn't look like they want to do anything about this situation. So they're going to punt probably as well. Uh, we do not have a strong legislative there, in my opinion. I don't know what the legislator is going to do. We're talking about 16 electoral votes. I imagine, uh, you know, again, we've sued in Michigan now uh, there as well. So their lawsuit will go forward. So we have a lot of lawsuits going, okay, uh, being the Trump campaign, being we the people. Uh, because we got to get to the bottom of this. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. You're going to want to find out if there was real fraud in this. And uh, by the looks of it, it's massive. Uh, and none of the metrics make any sense. Uh, and I'm not going to get into that right now. So that's the situation in Michigan, the legislative situation, and then the judiciary situation. We do have, I think, one break in Michigan right now, which is uh, I will tell you this: uh, a lot, a lot of people those, not a lot of people know this, but so the very machines that count the ballots in Michigan, um, some of the machines, the ones that had a glitch in this super Republican county that went blue all of a sudden in Michigan. Yeah, well, I'm going to just tell you all right now that we have um, – there's specialists looking at those machines right now. They've looked at them for eight hours today uh, or on Sunday. They had looked at it for eight hours. And today they were looking and studying this this machine as well. So uh, we might get some really big news out of Michigan and it might help the lawsuit essentially because we've got a hold of these machines now that have been running the election, which is very important because we can – you know, with forensic analysis on the machine itself, people are able to determine how and uh, and why uh, Biden suddenly was able to make make these you know galactic jumps forward in terms of the election. So that's what's happening in Michigan. Uh, we could see about that again. The same system was used in 28 states. So if something is discovered in Michigan about the Dominion software, well, essentially it would be applying to the rest of the country. Uh, again, just got to go through the courts to see that as well. Uh, in Arizona, we have um, 
Really, uh, another sad situation. Uh, they said, oh, you know what? Rudy Giuliani had COVID, so we're just going to shut down our state legislators, so we're not going to look into doing anything at all. So that just happened today. Um, the flip side to that in Arizona is you have a, um, I think it was somebody who was running for state legislator or running for Congress in uh, Arizona. Well, it's a woman, I forgot her name, but she's apparently organizing hundreds of volunteers to go door to door to discover whether or not that person voted. And we're talking about, there are already over 10,000 uh, voters, of vote ballots, essentially, ballots that were not legit. They literally showed up to like a federal building and they were like, hey, is a Lewis here? And it's like, no, Lewis doesn't, who's Lewis? So obviously there's these fake ballots, fake names, fake all this stuff. And in Arizona, you do have uh, a, some very smart people going after all of these different um, ballots that were cast that were just not legit. Um, in many cases, uh, people who were underage, there was over 10,000 people who were underage. But and just so you understand, the difference in Arizona from Biden to Trump, quote unquote, is 10,000 votes. And there are over 412,000 votes in Arizona that are contested. And um, really, it's just incredible. And so we have to look into that. Um, obviously, somebody is. So the judiciary part of Arizona, the legislative, it seems to be punting as well. We don't know. The judiciary part of that is the Powell lawsuit in Arizona as well, uh, being all these fraud votes, right? So they're getting to the bottom of that. Wisconsin, what's happening there is a sort of a normal recount was happening, and uh, they've already found a bunch of votes for Trump in Wisconsin. The difference was 20,000, okay? And there are 20,000 votes in Wisconsin. That's the difference between Biden and Trump, right? Well, there are 221,000 votes in Wisconsin that are contested votes, which means that they can be proven to be illegitimate votes. Whether it's people underage, whether it's completely fake people, fake ballots, fake names on the registers, all this stuff, okay? So you've got Wisconsin in a very interesting situation. The legislative in Wisconsin is strong. I will say the state legislator looks like they're really going to do something. Um, they're having a hearing that's going to be open. That's the first state to actually come together on this. Uh, that'll be on December 11th. So take a little peek at the legislative session that happens in Wisconsin on December 11th. That's going to be the only, really, really the only state that has stepped up and said, hey, we got to look into this fraud and we can't certify. You know, we really need to take a look. And judiciary, well, uh, Trump also filed a lawsuit in Wisconsin as well. Uh, and again, like I said, they've contested about 221,000 ballots. So, um, you know, again, it's not that hard to overturn essentially the election, if you will, uh, because Trump won with legitimate votes. It's these fake votes that are not real, by the way. So you're not disenfranchising a dead person who voted in Wisconsin. Do you get it? You're not disenfranchising somebody who didn't actually vote, okay? Uh, who, who, who's underage, who can't vote, you know, or who is a completely made up human being. Again, a completely made up human being. Are you hurting their feelings when you take their ballot out of the count? No, because they're a completely made up human being. They don't, they're not real. So just so you understand, you're not disenfranchising people when you take a ballot that is not legit and you take it out of the stack of real ballots. And when you do that, we get to a true number and that true number will essentially tell us who really won, okay? So Nevada, uh, judiciary, we're not doing anything legislatively there, just complete weakness in Nevada, most definitely. Um, and the judiciary is basically, we're suing. So we're suing in Nevada as well. So I just laid out all of these states that are gonna tell you everything in terms of what's gonna happen. And there's all these lawsuits, lawsuits in every single one of these states, okay? Now, a very important timeline to consider, okay? Very important timeline. Uh, we've got, what's today? The 7th, right? We've got tomorrow is the Supreme Court Pennsylvania. That's tomorrow. That's big. That's big. That's huge, okay? Um, December 11th, like I said, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the state legislator in Wisconsin is like, yo, this, this election is, 
is weird. And we're going to meet and we're going to talk about it. Which is exactly what they should do before they send any ballots. Or I'm sorry, send any electors to go towards uh, the Electoral College. December 14th is a federal statute, so it's not in the Constitution. This is very key because you might not see all of the electoral votes on December 14th. What this is is essentially December 14th is when the electors are supposed to be cast for the president. Okay, that's December 14th. But here's the issue with all these contested states. All the United States should should send their electors on December 14th except for the ones that are being contested. And they're in court, okay? You can't send electors if they're all in courts. Now, they keep saying and doubling down and doubling down and doubling down and basically saying, oh, we're going to certify, we're going to do all this stuff. Behind the scenes, I can tell you that the state legislator may not be meeting, essentially, uh, to actually you know hash out this whole fraud. But what's happening is the state legislators in these contested states are being told on December 14th, you better not send your electors to the Electoral College because your state is under a contested situation. Now, in Pennsylvania, they might just send them to Biden. Uh, I'm just going to say that. So, again, there are some states that have, you know, certified it and they're just going to go ahead with it. Okay, so I'm letting you all know ahead of time. It's going to be very confusing. But really, that's December 14th. From December 14th all the way through Christmas, all the way through New Year's until January 6th, this is the window of time where there's going to be all these court cases, all this uh, more election fraud is going to be presented to court. All these Supreme Court cases are going to be laid out before the Supreme Court and in front of the American people. And every single, it looks like almost every one of these states are going to the Supreme Court. And again, the decision tomorrow from the Supreme Court could end up becoming something that's you know used in all these contested states because if it's voting on let's say the Dominion system, the software, you know whatever it is, you got to realize that this might apply to all the contested states. So the, again, the Supreme Court, I don't know if it's going to be a decision tomorrow, but I know the hearing is tomorrow. Um, so you know this is a big deal, and I will say this. I'm going to get into it right now with you guys because I think it's important to know uh, because I think we should all prepare for anything. Okay, and that's that's I'm going to tell you that in a second. All right, look. Okay, so here's the deal. Trump wants to do this whole election thing legit. He wants to go to the Supreme Court. He wants to prove his case and he wants to win in the Supreme Court and hopefully legitimately, you know, uh, be declared as the winner, right? And and end up moving on. And if the Supreme Court decides uh, based on all the evidence prevent, presented to them that, hey, yeah, either one, these electors for Georgia, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, either one of them or all of them or a few of them or whatever will not be able to go to the Electoral College. Here's the key. If the Supreme Court decides that's the case for these different you know, states, then what happens is no one gets to 270. And you have to get to 270 electoral votes in order to win the election. If you don't get to 270, either candidate, it's a contested race and it goes to Congress. Then Congress before the 20th, so January 6th to the 20th, Basically, debate about what they're going to do with the election, how they're going to essentially uh, who they're going to elect president, because the with the fraud and everything happening, it's going to be so massive. Okay, that basically these states cannot certify, and it's their or their certification is essentially revoked, or their electors are revoked because their their system was so compromised. So again, you have that and uh, the, the Congress will essentially elect the president um, and they get one vote per state. 50 states, one vote per state. You have Republicans who control 26 of those delegations versus 24 from the um, Democrats. So all you need is a majority to elect a president. So essentially, Trump can be elected president through the Congress, 
through delegation. And everybody needs to kind of understand that and realize that that could be exactly what ends up happening here is Congress will elect the president. Now, that's with the Supreme Court. And let's just say, for example, let's say either one, the Supreme Court doesn't uh, go with the president, even though all this evidence is just total blatantly just out there and you can't miss it. And it's clear that this whole election was a sham. Well, if the Supreme Court is corrupt, then the final option, in my opinion, and from what I understand is actually going on behind the scenes, is really the military option. The military option is a nuclear button that's sitting on Trump's desk right now. And I will tell you a very important date to take into consideration. That date is December 18th, where Ratcliffe, the guy who runs the DNI, he will be presenting essentially a report on um, basically the report is going to be on foreign interference in our elections. So on December 18th is a very important day because Radcliffe, this guy who heads, okay, the Department of National Intelligence, okay, which is kind of encompassing sort of all these intelligence networks uh, for the president and for the executive, So if for some reason Ratcliffe comes out on December 18th and says, look, China paid 400 million to this company called Dominion. Um, China has been influencing our elections. Iran has infiltrated our systems. Um, You know, whether or not this happened in Germany, whether they infiltrated or a part of it, you're going to have a lot of beans spilled on December 18th that might invoke a very nuclear option for the president. So I'm just warning all of you guys listening to this right now that Joe Biden is a Chinese communist agent. Yes, he was a vice president. And yes, Obama was just as compromised. And yes, Bill Clinton was just as compromised. And George Bush was just as compromised. But what I'm telling you right now is that there's the military in our country is not going to let Joe Biden be president. Uh, that's something that I feel is is... Just I can show you guys in, in, in different ways how that's true, uh, but there's just no way he is so compromised that the military understands that if Joe or Kamala were to step foot in the White House, that it would be such an embarrassment, number one, but such a compromising situation uh, that we can't have it. Literally, it's a national security issue to have Joe Biden be president of the United States. And to have different people who are so sold out to China and other countries, okay, but China being the big one, and globalism, by the way, the big banks, and these other offshore, these big banks that that exist in the Davos Group and the World Economic Forum, and China, who's responsible for the COVID-19. I mean, we're, literally, we're at war. So, just so you understand, the military will not allow Joe Biden to be president. So, I, I don't know what that looks like. I know that's going to piss off a lot of your friends and, 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 and people are going to be very confused. But what I just told you is that Trump wants to do this the right way, which is through the courts and which is through the Supreme Court ultimately. But I'm telling you right now for anybody listening, the military can very easily get involved in this situation because you, you, just, you just can't have Joe Biden as president. It's a joke. If it were to actually happen and they were to push through somehow through their different intimidation and, and, and essentially corruption – just called corruption, whether it's buying people off or threatening them with blackmail. That's the two ways our government works. The two ways our government works is you either buy somebody or you get them blackmailed. That is exactly how Jeffrey Epstein operates. That's exactly what his job was in our country, was to blackmail people. That's why he had cameras everywhere on his island, not just, you know, on the outside of the island, but literally inside the rooms and the bathrooms of every single room that people would stay in. Why do you think there were cameras in every single room and bathroom of these sort of very high royal prime ministers, presidents, uh, you know, part part of our state department, people in our CIA, people involved in all these different factions in our government were were going to places like Jeffrey's Island and hanging out. Why do you think that is? Okay, look, that's how it works. So, if by some sham way Biden is president, it'll be because of corruption. It'll be because somebody was blackmailed or they were bought off. 
So it's like either way, and these are both parties are at fault. Do you understand? So in, in many ways, if that happens, it would be so compromising to the United States, it would collapse the U.S. dollar. Maybe not immediately, but within a couple of years, the U.S. dollar will not survive. The Chinese yuan is a cryptocurrency. Okay, did you just hear what I just said? The Chinese yuan is a cryptocurrency and they're already pivoting to dominate them. And I said this on my last podcast slash, you know, video I had with you guys here on Instagram. But I basically said, look, China and, and the U.S. Now, let me give you an example of what this looks like. Let's say you picked on somebody 10 years ago. You picked on them and you picked on them and you, you know, you, you ran their life. Maybe you were a bad boss or something. You, you were, you were a little disrespectful 10 years ago and you know, there's somebody who holds a grudge and for 10 years, that grudge, this is, this is a, this is over. I'm talking about a hundred years. China has been holding a grudge. Okay. 1949 Mao Zedong being put in power and essentially a communist revolution in China and the 100-year plan, the 100-year marathon to take over the United States, okay? Just so you understand, all right? Think about this. You've got somebody you bullied 10 years ago at a job, and guess what? Every single day, they never forgot it. Every single day, they've been working out, they've been training, They've been Rocky Balboa training, running. They've got the whole, they've got the music and they've got this punching bag and they're banging the punching bag and they're working fucking hard and they're getting bigger and they're getting stronger every fucking day and it's just beautiful and, and you see this rise over 10 years, okay? And then what are you doing? Oh, well, you're just, you know, eating potato chips and watching the TV. You totally almost forgot and you ignore it. Anytime you get any kind of warnings from like, hey, man, this one guy's like really, you know, he's really out for you. He really wants to kill you, dude. Like he really wants to kill you. And you're just like, ah, whatever, man, you know, no big deal. That's how America's been. America and every part from Wall Street to our all of our higher politicians have been just very, you know, dismissive of China. China's our friend. China's cool and oh yeah, you know, I got money from China so we're good. We're hush hush over here and China's over here fucking training every day, fucking building missiles, blasting satellites out of the air, like training their people every single day, training them to hate America. They have this entire devotion to hating this country and they're over here just boom, 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 boom. Their military's building, their currency's building. They've got the Belt and Road Initiative. They're taking control of our infrastructure. They bought off all our politicians. They're, they're just, they're hustling, dude, hustling. And America on average is just like, and I'm talking about the, our military even in many cases. I'm talking about our politicians. I'm talking about the people who make decisions in this country. They're just like, oh, you know, they're very dismissive. You know, oh, China's our friend and let's go ahead and join the, the World Health Organization and let's go ahead and join the, the, the World Trade Organization. Let's just, 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 let's just play into China and, and, and let's just be friends. And China's like, oh yeah, we're your friend. We're your friend. But then China over here believes in complete dominance. They believe in, they believe in winner take all mentality. They believe in if lie to get your way around. They're communists. I mean, that's what they do. And so at the end of the day, people have to realize that, uh, China is, is very much involved in what is going on in the United States. And by you, essentially, in this example, you're lazy, you're not sitting around, and one day that person who's been thinking about you for 10 years and working out every single day shows up at your front doorstep and literally just, you know, beats the crap out of you. Let's just say that, okay? Because they were training and then they beat they beat you up and it was an embarrassment. You had no idea it was going to come. You thought you were, you know, you know, fit. You thought you were healthy. You thought you were a good guy. You thought you were, you know, you, you were appeasing everybody and you were, and you just got your ass kicked. That is what China is just, just begging to do to the United States. If you understood what was going on behind the scenes, it's like, it's just embarrassing. And so I say that to give you an example, because at the end of the day, we have to realize we are at war and it's not just with China. It is with the big banks. It is. And they don't like you. They don't like me. They don't care what your politics are. They just love the color revolution. They love the Black Lives Matter thing. They funded it. They love to divide people from religion. Uh, they love they just love divide and conquer. And the color revolution we're experiencing now has been a uh, a real sad psychological operation on the American people. And that is how I view people. I view people in that manner. 
where they are totally manipulated. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea on average what's going on around the country and what around the world. They don't even know what an economy is. They have no idea that shutting down small businesses or saying they can only have half capacity doesn't make any fucking sense at all. They have no idea that this is all just really a play to control the wealth, to redistribute the wealth in this country. So there's a lot people don't understand. And you who are listening, you have to understand this. And you have to take into account what's actually going on. So look, I'm going to take questions either from the Instagram live or the Facebook live. And uh, you guys can pop a little question here. And if you're listening on the podcast, um, you can obviously add me on Facebook and or Instagram. I can tag those in the description as well. And so you can always direct message me. I'm always open to that. So if anybody has any questions so far, um, I'd love to hear from you. So if you've got a question on China, if you've got a question on warfare, information warfare, if you've got a question about the World Economic Forum, if you've got a question about COVID, if you've got a question about the election, whatever it is, what do you think is you know the big deal? So what's wrong with BLM? I was asked this another day, uh, the other day. So look, Black Lives Matter, you should always question when politicians come out and want you to support something. You should always question when some fundraiser or charity is trying to run, you know, run a game where people are going to raise money and stuff like that. You should always just have a little bit of a skepticism towards things like that. Let's just say that up front. The problem with Black Lives Matter is the organization itself is run by communists and it is funded by globalists. And um, I know that because I can give you an example. The Open Society Foundation essentially donated the largest sum of money to the Black Lives Matter organization. And they are dedicated to uh, French Revolution style tactics of politics in the streets. They believe in violence um, to get their word out. Here's another issue. If you're going to take on a problem like police brutality, we can all agree on that. Hey, if a police if a police officer is is discriminating based on race, that's fucked up. If a police officer is arresting a small business owner for opening their business without a without hosting with masks, can we all come together? That's ridiculous. Why is a police officer arresting somebody who opened their business and wanted to, you know, do what they wanted to do and make their they make their money, okay? So can we agree that yeah, sure, if police brutality is an issue, then we have to understand that it's a broad issue. Just like Black Lives Matter. It's a broad issue. What what does that even mean, Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter is a is a, like I said, communist run, globalist funded. Big banks, big banks and corporations run Black Lives Matter. Is that a people's revolution? No, of course not. It's totally made up. What it's called is a color revolution. A color revolution is what the CIA does all over the world. We did it in Libya. Uh, we've done it in Europe. We've done it in Vietnam. Okay, we've done it all over the world. Color revolution is a broad term that essentially says it's a divide and conquer strategy. You get a population of people in the country and you put them against each other. Sunni Muslims against Shiite Muslims. Let's get it. We create, a, we fund, create, and train a terrorist group called Al Qaeda to fight the the Soviets in Afghanistan. Now Al-Qaeda turns on Americans and 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Libya, we create, we funded, and we armed, and we trained ISIS under the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton. We did that. We created ISIS. We overthrew Libya. And the president, Gaddafi of Libya, was raped in the ass with an AK-47. That's called a color revolution. That is what the same people responsible for doing that in different countries around the world are the same people responsible for Black Lives Matter. Just so you understand. The same people funding, operating, and running Black Lives Matter are the same people who got the President Gaddafi in Libya raped with an AK-47. So until we come together on that, that real facts, what I just told you, we have to understand that Black Lives Matter should be questioned uh, at the least if not completely uh, disregarded as a real political revolution. It is not. It is a false dichotomy. It is a color revolution de designed to destroy the race. Because um, we, 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 we are divided by race here. We've had a past. You know, we've had whites only water fountains and 
We've had serious problems with racism and discrimination. Facts. Okay. So that's not a, that's not a thing. But again, we use the same historical context in India and other places. The British did it. They called it the Great Game. How they divided and conquered India. So the way we did that to Libya, it's divide and conquer strategies. We look at Sunni, Shiite Muslims. There's a fundamental disagreement there. We have to take one group and side with them for the purpose of dividing and destroying the whole country. Libya is the second most dangerous country in the world. Whereas 10 years ago, before this revolution happened in Libya, Libya was one of, you know, not the one of the safest, but it was a safe country for Westerners to go to. French people were going to Libya for college all the time. It was totally normal, totally cool. So I want you to consider that. I want you to consider that when you're looking at Black Lives Matter, we're utilizing similar strategies to divide race. So we know there's a history of race problems in the US. So what happens is the same people, the elites who divide and conquer in other parts of the world and all throughout history, the same people who are responsible for that are responsible for, hey, let's put a wedge in between color of skin. That'll really make the difference. And so people have to get when you're being manipulated. Why are white people a problem? Like, what, what, there, there's just, it's obviously a, it's an issue in a sense that why would you think that, you know, just based on the color of your skin, you're an evil person. Doesn't, doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. Based on my ancestry, I'm Native American. Okay. I'm not, I'm not over here like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm 30% Native American. Everyone should like, you know, I should go and you know, get all this money from other places, which I actually could have for, to college. I can go and apply for scholarships and stuff. But yes, and this is not to offend anybody in terms of the Black Lives Matter thing. Are there police brutality? Is it a problem? Yes. But look, to finish off with Black Lives Matter, I'm not, I'm not a big abortion person or whatever for or against it, okay? But just let's just, let's just list out the facts, okay? More people, more black babies were killed in the womb in 2018, they were aborted in 2018, than were born in 2018. Think about that. It's called genocide. Okay? Uh, and Hitler did it to the Jews, but really he was proud of Margaret Sanger, who did run and found Planned Parenthood, which is eugenics, essentially. And in the 1930s, before we were at war with Germany, Hitler gave Margaret Sanger the highest award in Germany, Nazi Germany, by the way. So you have a bunch of Nazi eugenic freaks who run Planned Parenthood, who are, who, who've designed Planned Parenthood to destroy and depopulate the world, starting with blacks. That's how they got, that's how they got Planned Parenthood up and running. Just so you understand was the racism towards blacks was what got the infrastructure put in place because who would want to abort babies? I mean, how can you get people on board with that? No, no, no. Here's a better idea. Hey, we got a we got a better recruiting strategy to build this depopulation system called abortion. So what they did was they got they got people together and there was a race theory and they were like, "Hey, let's just kill a bunch of black people." You know, you and me, we hate black people. This is like the 1920s leading into the 1930s. And they were like, "Yeah, let's kill the black people and let's just say it's for their own good." And that's exactly how Planned Parenthood was started. So people have to realize the foundation of things. It's not the sort of the, the, the surface level of things. You have to go to the root of things and understand the full fundament, the fundamentalism of things. Because once we get there, then we can you know, get further down the road. Um, and, so it, and, and that's how you understand what's happening today in, in, in the world we're living in now gets you a clear understanding and it, and it helps you, you know, uh, essentially, uh, make decisions for yourself and, you know, clarify just exactly, uh, when news breaks, you're able to sort of have discernment, which most people in, in the Christian world would call that sort of a, a download from God, this discernment to be like, that's wrong or that's right. And you have to doubt. So there's a spiritual aspect to taking and, uh, learning information and conveying information. So there is a spiritual process that you have to get down as well. You have to be cleansed spiritually in order to actually absorb information because God has to gift you with that discernment and he's not going to give you burdens you can't handle. So if some people are just sort of glad handing and they're just living life and they're just waiting for the next Floyd Mayweather fight, 
they're not a part of God's ultimate plan, essentially. They're, they're, they're just sort of the normies, which is fine. But they're, God's not going to put on their heart to do something. I mean, obviously he will. Of course, he can choose anybody. But I would think, essentially, God is going to choose people who are reaching out and who are looking for that discernment, who really want that, who really desire that and want the gift of wisdom, who pray for it, essentially. Because um, that's what I do. I end up praying for the gift of wisdom as well. But any other questions uh, from anybody now? We're kind of getting onto a whole bunch of topics, so... So we've, we've talked about BLM. People have been asking about it. I mean, because it hit the mainstream pretty big, right? Um, you know, it's it's a big deal and people are always super curious about, hey, well, why does everybody think this way and what's going on here, right? And uh, it's a good question. It's a good question to ask and uh, everybody should take that into consideration absolutely. So um, if there are no other questions, I can totally wrap this up. I appreciate all of you listening and tuning in. Y'all are absolutely wonderful. Look, this is a very important time period that our our life is in, um, and I'm gonna. That's why I'm gonna continue to do these Instagram lives because I feel like this is an important uh, aspect of what I do and, uh, and 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 who I am. So I will continue to do that. And I have this you know microphone. So if you have to really take take the time for the podcast, go to the Apple. Uh, I'm going to post a link maybe and well, I'll post a link in my bio on my Instagram, but I'll, I'll upload this podcast. So if you caught a little bit of this on Instagram, but you want to listen to it on podcast, just go flip over to podcast and, and you can listen to it there. So I absolutely love it. Love it. Someone asked, how do you know so much? I don't know, man. You know, I just, I just took, when I was like 19 years old, I was, uh, I think God just sort of put it on my heart to have a grand awakening essentially. And just to sort of start to buck the system a little bit and start thinking outside the box a little bit more. And I think from that, it started with business and going my own road, if you will, entrepreneurially and leaving college. And once I did that, I just started to develop skills. I sort of became obsessed with public speaking and and doing all of that and doing business and sales. And as I went down that sales and business rabbit hole, uh, I started to realize that I love capitalism I think that it's a beautiful system. I think it has its problems, but essentially it is the best system ever. And I realized that capitalism and freedom, which again, those two go together, uh, was under attack. And when I saw that it was under attack, I, I just really felt called to defend and uh, the, the honor system that we have in a free market. And that's what's happened there. And that's why I've supported people like Trump. Um, I've supported people like Elon Musk. You know, uh, I've supported a bunch of different people who have fought the system and who who are uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, but who are really trying to make a difference in the world and uh, not just a difference like they want to change it uh, because a lot of the times foundational principles in the world should be defended. So a lot of people want to change stuff, but in reality, we actually need to just defend what the principles that allow the country and the world to flow freely. And we need to espouse those principles essentially in your everyday life, but then outwardly in the city and community that you live in, and then even more outwardly in the state you live in, and then more outwardly, obviously, the nation. Because if the nation embodies principles of value, then those principles will be espoused uh, for the rest of the world to essentially take uh, a really hard stance on because if the rest of the world can line up with principles that are going to create an honor system that is going to have not just tolerance for the individual, uh, but freedom for the individual because the individual is where all the power is, not the collective. The lie is the collective. The individual has all the power. So um, yeah, so what's what's this next question? Well, the economy, obviously, uh, Wall Street will continue to make its money. Um, they have their deals with China and other places. Um, but what's really going to happen is you have to ask yourself, what is war with China going to do to our economy? Because um, as Biden gets in, China will bide their time for a couple of years. But what's going to happen is they will accelerate in their process to take over the Chinese, the South China Sea. And eventually they will take over Taiwan. They've been waiting and chomping at the bit to take over Taiwan, which would be and would uh, essentially would cause a response from Americans and their allies. Uh, so essentially China attacking Taiwan would trigger a mass world war. 
But China's been waiting to do that, and they've got rockets and missiles, essentially, uh, pointed at our satellites that would damage our GPS, global position system, uh, in space in order to uh, thwart a uh, rebellious or return, or what's the word I'm looking for, um, an attack from them coming to us. And retaliation is what I'm looking for. So... Yeah, you have to ask yourself, you know, what what is what is what is war with China going to do to our economy? And that essentially means the end of the world. And China says they won't nuclear bomb us. That's a good news. They don't want to nuclear bomb the place uh, because they say they want they don't want us to be in a nuclear wasteland. They 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 want to take over the United States and they want to enslave us and they want to make America. They want to make America China. By the way, they are the they were the, they are the number one country in the world right now that is seeking to be an empire again. They actually believe uh, they've implemented in their system. President Xi of China is the empire, is the president for life, and they believe they have the decree from God to rule the world. And so they've actually reinvigorated a lot of the Chinese dynasties there and uh, the or the the uh, the culture around the chinese dynasty where they were of course having these divine rulers so it's a very great question and the answer is that china will bide its time and they will assault the united states through economic means they will put possibly sanctions on us possibly poison us possibly send another covid 20 covid 21 you know they've got those in the labs already as well they're ready to send that anytime that we need it Anytime that, you know, you know, anytime America needs a little, little spanking, we're going to get COVID-20 right from Chinese bioweapons labs. You better believe it. So people just have to realize that COVID's coming back. It's going to be 20 and then 21, 22. And, you know, we're essentially going to be living in a fucking hellhole. Um, and the only way out of this right now is going to be a pure civil war revolution. If Biden is inaugurated, which that's not even me saying that. I'll be honest. That's not even me saying that. Uh, that is literally people who really believe that. To the core of their being, they believe that there will be a mass revolution uh, if Biden were to somehow you know, get into office. Which again, I already told you that even all these legal means for Trump to get reelected, which the military understands, everybody understands what's going on. Um, you have to realize that on December 18th, when they drop that information, they're going to drop. Very significant because it could change the whole game. Because we could use the military to essentially prove, of course, the fraud uh, as a foreign attack on U.S. soil. Uh, this can prompt a lot of different things, obviously. We could um, have a revote, right? Uh, uh, because our election was compromised, essentially, by a foreign adversary. Um, we could actually uh, put people in prison who were involved in foreign adversaries, who, who committed treason. Because anybody who bought Dominion, anybody who are, is involved in Chinese money right now, better be counting their lucky stars. Because, you know, at any moment in time, the military, not the DOJ, notice the DOJ falls flat because the FBI is completely, not even just corrupt. The FBI is just a, 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 a lame duck and they don't do anything. So essentially, we have to realize that... You know, it's not going to happen through the, the through the FBI. They're, they're not going to be arresting anybody. Are you kidding me? Those are their political buddies. But the people who are the political buddies, the FBI being a part of this whole scheme, is the play, people like in the CIA, in the State Department, the people who are politicians right now, who are sitting in Congress, both Republican and Democrat, are sold out to China. And it's, it's a big deal. But you know, again, and I'm not saying this because, but China laughs at us. They laugh at us. They think that we're a joke. They've bought off our system. They've bought off our politicians. They they know exactly what they're doing. They literally call it the hundred year plan, the hundred year war, where in by, by in 1949, really 1950, Mao Zedong took power, and they said America is our enemy, and we will dominate them in a hundred years, and by 2050 we will dominate them. Well, they just came out and said that COVID-19 gave them such a blessing in their 100-year plan that they may look to overtake the United States as the, the world's superpower by 2027. I can assure you that Trump being in office will and can 
thwart that effort by China to take over and become a superpower that is more powerful than even the United States. So realize that we're in a war right now. The Super Bowl of humanity is happening. It's happening all over the place, but it's not on TV. So, you know, people need to start thinking about what they're going to do. So prepare for anything. Buy cryptocurrencies and gold and silver, precious metals. Um, prepare your family for anything. Talk to your friends who may disagree with you politically. And just say, look, there's some shit going down. You may not realize it yet, but I don't want you to be caught in the dark. Um, you know, because there is a lot going on. So we're in the fight for our life. And we could be looking at the next 30 days to 60 days. Could be the last 60 days of any kind of normalcy, by the way. What's normal anymore, by the way? This could be the last 60 days of normal life as we know it in America. Um, there will be a new normal probably in the next 60 days. But we get to decide that. Uh, and I hate to be super biased here, but if Trump is reelected, uh, I, I do see issues, obviously, a retaliation from uh, bad actors all over the globe. That's normal. But if Trump is reelected, I can see us really turning the country around and, and actually, in, in a sense, becoming a positive light for the rest of the world to turn away from this COVID lockdown bullshit that is literally killing people, by the way, killing people, okay, from starvation and other, you know, parts of the economy collapsing, okay? And so when it comes down to it, realize that Trump being back in could end up becoming a very positive thing. And you have to look at it like he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to really appease anybody anymore because he doesn't need to be reelected. Um, he'll just have his second term. And so, the next four years, imagine what he got done with all the opposition. Imagine what he's going to do in the next four years when he doesn't need to play ball with anybody and just get the fucking work done. Because, I mean, again, what is Biden going to do? Like, he's a complete loser, right? Um, nobody likes Biden, by the way. He doesn't have any crowds or anything. And we have to realize that that's, again, no one cares about him. So, you know, people can be mad if Trump is reelected, essentially, but you know, just remember that that's a part of, you know, what they're, what the military is looking to do. Um, and a part of what other people are looking to do as well. So keep that in mind. I'm going to go ahead and close this off. I really appreciate all the people coming in here. Uh, of course, live videos can go on and on and on, but I've actually been putting this on the podcast. So if you're listening now, this is recorded on the podcast. I'm about to upload the audio version of this. Really love all of you for tuning in. You're an absolute blessing. You guys have a great rest of your day. Peace.